Welcome to Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Here we are. This is episode three, and I've already heard from lots of people, Mary, that they're very impressed with our two episodes already in the bag. But, you know, it's November 6th, and so we should be two weeks thinking about Christmas already. Right. <laughs> right. start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have to say, um, I don't know if you guys know this about my family, but my husband is of the Christmas starts on November 1st camp. I mm. do know that Kyle is a bit like Christmas decor obsessed. Now, this year, we have not, we still have our fall decorations up. We have not put up the tree yet. We do have the Christmas village up, though, and the Christmas village is expanding. The Christmas village is creeping to where, you know, by the time our daughter is grown up, I, I suspect the Christmas village will take up like every available like surface in our house for two <laughs> oh months. Oh my gosh. But well, um, that actually is, I feel like, especially since I will get into this, that I did not really like Lights, Camera, Christmas. I did watch Magical Christmas Village and oh. I feel like we missed out on what could have been like a title oh. favorite movie because it legit was a little girl like playing with the Christmas Village and and it was a little bit like I don't know some kind of horror film a bit because like like a little bit like voodoo doll like whatever they did okay. in the Christmas Village would happen in real life. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so it's like a voodoo yeah. doll, except presumably she was doing like warm and fuzzy things. Oh, yeah. Like, here's two <laughs> yeah. people in a gazebo kissing, and here's some people ice skating, and here's some people drinking hot chocolate. But she was like the mastermind of it all. <laughs> wow. This is like, oh gosh, is it? Yeah, this is like Rousseauian, the evil genius that controls the world in one philosophical possibility. I would say it was definitely better than this movie and tonight's movie. I mean, that's a low bar, but yeah. <laughs> is All Saints Christmas, which I also think looks better than the movie that we You know, the, the previews for this one looked okay. Like it looked, the actors looked kind of like good. I know. And I, I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, we, we so for those of you who are listening to this episode, trying to figure out what the fuck we actually watched, <laughs> we did watch Lights, Camera, Christmas starring... Jonathan Brotherton and Kimberly Seustead. Jonathan Brotherton, a friend of mine told me, was on Fuller House, which I would have had no idea about that because I didn't watch any of that. But apparently, was he, he the was. same actor who was in the Christmas Clock that we watched last year, or the year before that? No, that's Ryan Peavy, I think. Okay, no, yeah. because I say that because there's a part in the movie. I'm sure we'll get to this where the character he's playing lists a bunch of movies that he's been in. And one of them was the Christmas clock. And so I wondered. But that's not what that one was called. Okay. Hang it's on. not what that uh, one was called. Okay. You're talking about the one where he like wakes up in his mansion and he's yeah, old he's time yeah. traveled. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I want to see that one. Uh, that was should... actually one of the least bad. That One of the least bad we've seen. I, I suppose we should introduce our guest. I know. I was just going to say that further. too. We probably need to do that. So we are joined today by Ted, who you guys might remember from last season. He joined us for our last episode of last season, actually, um, when we discovered the glory of Palaha. Oh, and yes. And, and one of, May oh, he lives forever. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. In fact, we're sort of introducing a new segment, Ted, that is, how could this have more Palaha? <laughs> the movie with Ryan Pavey was called A Timeless Christmas. Okay. So it was not a the Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. 
But yes, but, no, yeah, Ted joined us for our favorite movie probably since this podcast began, I would say. Oh, yeah, I, I oh, think that's, so. That's I think a that's bit hard call, but where we proposed that that Plaha do a one-man version of A Christmas Carol, <laughs> which I still really want to see, by the way. I would... I, I would like legit pay money to watch that. That's actually. right. I would I go to the premiere. You know, yeah, I would like go to a theater to watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is this saying something because actually... I haven't been to a theater this in several calendar years. Actually, come to think of it, this year they actually did a premiere of the Hallmark movies at the Radio City Music Hall. Oh wow! With the Rockettes and everything. Oh wow! Their Hallmark is. Was a tree lit? I mean, I, I would assume so. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. I, I, ironically, I don't think they broadcast it. Like, I think it was just like invited guests. And, and, and I know that they covered a double-decker bus in like a sweater <laughs> to make it look like a warm sweater. Oh. It was probably to celebrate the disappearance of Candace Cameron Bray, but that's just a... That's just a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tim, much has changed since you last joined us. CCB has left Hallmark with a slew of other Hallmark for stars. The, for the, the Great American Channel, I think it's called. <laughs> Gak, as I like to call it for sure. I, I, maybe I thought it was going to be Dazzle Plus, like from the, from the movie. <laughs> oh, nearly, nearly. I think it is more like we are more conservative than Hallmark.com. <laughs> Join us. Join us in our cult of personality over here at GEC. So if I, yeah, I, I guess I should, sorry, I was in the middle of introducing our guests and I, we got sidetracked, partially my fault. No, um, go for it. So yeah, so Ted joined us last season for our last episode and Ted is also a book coach. And so we were hoping last time Ted could give us some good ways to, you know, pretend that this was a novel that you were book coaching and like, how could you make it better? And the answer was at that time, you know, more palaha, um, but otherwise it was pretty good. This time we'll see. I, I think you have a different challenge in front of you, Ted. I think. Well, I actually took my job much more seriously this time, <clears throat> so okay. I have I have some <laughs> notes and all right. some, some questions for you all as well. So oh, <laughs> I'm excited to hear them. All right. Well, like I said, we decided on Saturday to watch Lights, Camera, Christmas, which apparently is a movie about a movie inside a movie mary as per usual is very good at doing our recap and we usually just chime in ted at will and add little flavors and And please do yeah yeah and then we'll get into our regularly scheduled segments of bingo hashtag relatable our latest one more palaha and then of (laughs) course our rewrite so mary how did this amazing movie go this movie was something so first of all it is all told in flashback from a press conference happening probably about a year later when the movie that they're shooting in this movie comes out which i don't know i've never seen hallmark do that before at least it was different and so we are hearing from you know the future about how dazzle plus came to town to shoot a christmas movie starring the one and only brad baxter played by what's his face and our the king of christmas john brotherton and yes thank you and our heroine carrie is just a regular old you know shopkeeper it's always a shopkeeper it's always like a small business owner living in this small town of 12 oaks colorado 
um, she runs a clothing shop. She wanted to be a designer. That didn't work out. She dropped out of design school after a semester. Carrie's mom is thrilled that this Christmas movie is coming to town. And Carrie's mom has a lot of really great lines in this movie. And so I, at least on three different occasions, I wrote down direct quotes from Carrie's mom. So the first one was at the very beginning, do you know how many people would give anything to have a Christmas movie <laughs> shot in their hometown? End quote. Puke. I, I don't, <laughs> Carrie, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give anything to have a Christmas movie shot in my hometown. I don't know. Anyways, and Carrie's mom is a big fan of Brad Baxter, The King of Christmas. And you know who else is a big fan of Brad Baxter, The King of Christmas? Brad Baxter is a big fan of Brad Baxter, The King of Christmas. And so it's kind of like a running gag that from the beginning of the movie, he's extremely obsessed with himself and he expects everyone else to be obsessed with him. And he, you know, immediately like gets to the town. He's like, oh, where are my adoring fans? And like, you know, he's really surprised when he meets someone who hasn't heard of him. And so of course, somebody who had never heard of him until her mother mentioned him was Carrie. And so Carrie is of course not obsessed with him like everyone else is, or like we're supposed to believe everyone else is, though we don't really see a ton of evidence of this beyond Carrie's mom. I also want to point out that a tree lighting is mentioned in the first five minutes. One of the reasons supposedly that this town was chosen as the setting for this movie, which by the way is called My Favorite Santa, is because they have this wonderful tradition of a tree lighting, to which I would say several things. First of all, how many towns do you know that don't have a tree lighting? That was, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally, especially, especially in this world, like. Right. Every time there's a tree lighting. tree lighting every day. <laughs> like you could shoot it like in most American cities and there would be a tree lighting at some point. But anyways, 12 Oaks was chosen because they have a tree lighting. And secondly, that's the most hallmark thing ever that they chose this town because they have a tree lighting as if the camera crew couldn't just like stage their own tree lighting. If but we didn't get to see the tree lighting. We did not get to see we the tree not. lighting. This tree lighting is talked about through the whole movie. <laughs> and before we started recording here, Ted described this as tree lighting blue balls it's true we don't actually see the tree lighting ever so anyways tree lighting is mentioned in the first five minutes which is extremely hallmark but they they let us down do. anyways so i think carrie is supposed to be a little bit like grinchy which i have to say i probably didn't figure out what her name was for at least 30 minutes but <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew what his name was immediately and ironically i also knew her mother's name oh i i didn't write down her mother's name what was it her mother was called Nancy. Nancy was the mother. That's right. So Carrie's Iconic kind of grinchy mommy. and her mother. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so sure. Carrie's kind of grinchy and her mother, Nancy, on the other hand, is extremely into Christmas. And as is usually the case when this happens in Hallmark, and we've got one character who's a little bit grinchy. I don't think they're actually that grinchy. They're, she's just not, you know, fawning over Brad Baxter or whatever, but like she's you know doing normal christmas things like everyone else does and yet at some point we get this banger of a line from carrie's mom nancy quote how the apple fell so far from the christmas tree i will never know <laughs> which okay what there's so many things wrong with that sentence okay what? i don't even know where to begin i just want to know nancy what kind of a tree you actually decorate for christmas there are no apples on any christmas trees ever <laughs> I mean, but y'all, maybe the tree that was lit that we didn't get to see was an apple tree. <laughs> maybe that maybe was the was. context we were missing. It's just, it just got caught from the movie. <laughs> just think about what an easy fix this it. would have been. If you had just said how far the ornament has fallen from the Christmas tree, right. it would have made so much sense. But they didn't go there. I mean, it still would have been- Okay, we've already done the rewrite. It's fine now. All of Yeah, it's fine now. We just, we're just changing all of Nancy's lines. 
so anyways, the movie that they're shooting, My Favorite Santa, has somehow lost their costume designer. I don't know how. And there are no other costume designers to be found anywhere. Every costume designer in Hollywood is currently booked. There is no one to be had. And Maria Marquez, who is the leading lady, is co-starring opposite Brad Baxter. She and Brad wander into Carrie and Nancy's shop. And Carrie happens to mention that she makes the clothes herself. So Maria loves her clothes and suggests to the producer that they hire Carrie. And so they do. There's a lot of Carrie sort of, you know, protesting at first, like, what? You couldn't possibly hire me. No, I don't know what I'm doing. No, no, absolutely not. Even though she's like three months behind on rent and about to lose her shop and whatever, and she clearly needs the money. But of course, she gets talked into it mostly by Nancy. Meanwhile, there's this running gag happening where We've got the producer, Caleb, and the director, Jill. Oh, God, I could not deal with this storyline at all. So they used to be married, and they are uh, they are now divorced, and they used to make a tons, ton of movies together and apparently got back together to make this movie but hate each other. And so they're communicating passive-aggressively through the staff, in particular, Jamie, who... How would you describe what Jamie's position is, Ted? I know you know things about film. What's Jamie's job? Um, I think she's like head PA. I was going to say, she is just a PA for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Jamie's, there we go. Jamie's like the head PA. Also, Mary, I just want to point out the the laziness of getting the backstory of Jill and Caleb's relationship. Where it was just like a huge chunk of exposition out of nowhere like oh my god (laughs) that's right it was like whatever his name is super christmas santa whatever brad baxter explains it to carrie when they're just like over the water cooler or whatever he's like oh yeah caleb and jill they used to be you know with the pa is she there too right uh, it's uh, no, Mariah. Is, the oh, other yeah, the this other is Mariah. That's right. Meanwhile, Jamie. That's what you tell the brand new costume designer. <laughs> <laughs> that is like from this towny town you picked up on the side of the road. Like, I don't know. That was very weird. I, I mean, to be fair, I would tell the brand new costume designer that, but maybe I'm just a gossip. But anyways, so yeah. yes, it was a big chunk of exposition out of nowhere that we find this out about Caleb and Jill. And they're always fighting and they communicate through Jamie. So they do this thing where they'll be standing next to each other and Caleb will be like, you know, Jamie, please tell Jill that I hired a new costume designer and Jill will be like, Jamie, please tell Caleb why the fuck didn't he consult me? Except they don't say fuck because it's Hallmark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This doesn't last very long. I'll get to that in a minute, but then it gets worse somehow. So anyways, Carrie has never seen Brad's movies, unlike everybody else who apparently is supposed to be obsessed with him. And so, of course, Brad is intrigued by her and really wants her to like him and says so rather explicitly. Verbatim and, says, know, I want you to like me. Yeah, he actually says, I want you to like me. So, which on the one hand, like that kind of forthrightness, you know, kind of endearing. On the other hand, okay. Anyways, Carrie obviously rocks at her job because she is a Hallmark woman and Hallmark women always rock at their job. One example is Caleb runs in one morning and says, the team doesn't like the Santa suit and so we need something else we need something we need to elevate the Santa suit by the way we're still shooting after lunch and so she has a morning to put together a Santa suit and she makes one apparently from scratch and it's like you know a three-piece suit with like a plaid (laughs) vest and he looks like a very well-dressed elf anyway I did think that suit was one of the highlights of this entire movie I'll be honest (laughs) it wasn't a bad suit and I, at this point, wrote down a note where I just said, we're 40 minutes in. Of course, all Hallmark movies are two hours. So we're we're at the 40-minute mark, and there are zero barriers to this relationship. So they still have 80 minutes left in this movie. 
and they have to think of a way to fill those 80 minutes when there's no barrier to this relationship at all. Not an uncommon problem for a Hallmark movie, but here we are again. So you might be thinking, well, at least we've got Caleb and Jill still fighting, so we could, you know, take some time for them to, you know, reconcile and get back together because that's inevitably what's going to happen, right? No, they're back together at the 15-minute mark. And they start doing non-passive-aggressive communicating through Jamie, where they're like, Jamie, please tell Jill that she did a great job. And Jamie, please tell Caleb, thank you. I think he did a great job too. And like, they're clearly back together at this point. So I, I think it's worth mentioning, Mary, that that was spurred by um, a line of brilliant dialogue in the movie that they're watching. And Caleb's heart changed because he realized it was about him the whole time. Oh, right. That's right. Because Jill had written the script six years ago when they were still together. And it was clearly about their love. So anyways, then Brad fishes an invitation to Carrie and Nancy's place for dinner. And let's see, they go to dinner and have a good time and act like they're going to sing a Mariah song and then don't because Hallmark can't get the rights to it. <laughs> and I also want to know- But they, they start hitting like unknown on the piano, <laughs> which made right. us very excited. Again, right, blue balls. Again. Yeah, he, again, yes. again. This movie keeps giving us blue balls. Mariah blue balls, tree lighting blue balls, all the blue balls. I also at this point wrote down that they keep awkwardly using Gen Z slang. And no one in the movie oh, is really yes. young enough to be doing that. And so, you know, like Jamie at one point says to Carrie something to the effect of like, oh yeah, if you could handle this costume, you know, do me a solid. Except she definitely says it wrong. Just the emphasis is off. Something was off about it. And then there's a part in the press conference when someone's like, so spill the tea. <laughs> I did. I cringed at that line. <laughs> I totally texted Mary at that moment. was like, they did not just say spill the tea. Not only did they in fact say spill the tea, but that wasn't even the most awkward thing they'd said so far. I think the most awkward thing they'd said so far was still Jamie asking Carrie to do her a solid. But anyways, yes. at this point, we still have no barriers to this relationship and it's still going swimmingly. And so now that Brad has had a lovely dinner with Carrie and her mother, skip straight to the meeting of the parents phase. He arranges a romantic dinner for her on set and they have pizza because it's supposed to be cute because it's like a romantic setting except with pizza. And then at the hour 16 minute mark, I wrote down Caleb and Jill are getting back together in a bar, but didn't this happen 25 minutes ago? They've been together this whole time. They haven't broken up again, but they keep getting back together. Then at some point, Carrie and Brad have a snowball fight, but it is unsuccessful because the snow is fake because they're in a movie. Hint of self-awareness there. I like it. Meanwhile, Carrie has decided to pursue her dream of being a designer again. You know, working on this film has inspired her. So she applied for this design job in New York and she gets an interview and that's exciting. And, you know, it just jumps from one thing to the other. This isn't really, this won't be relevant until, you know, the hour 40 minute mark, but whatever. She's an interview for a job. It's not going to start right away or anything, but she's an interview for a job. Um, I also want to point out that she applied to one single job. Yes. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, she Just cast put her, a all pretty... her eggs in one basket. Yeah, she's losing all eggs in her basket, store, yeah. uh, but you know. But if she applies for one job, she's clearly that'll it, be. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she applied for one job. Then there's this scene where Mariah and Brad are working on you know, a love scene and- Oh, this was fantastic. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something. So uh, there's something about Brad as Santa Claus is leaving and Mariah's character is supposed to be expressing that she will miss him. 
And I, I don't know exactly how this was related because I don't think it was related at all. But then Carrie decides to help them with the scene by sharing the story about how she misses her dad because her dad died. This is a common Hallmark, Hallmark theme. And she was not home for his last Christmas. And so she regrets not having been home for his last Christmas. And maybe that's what Mariah is feeling right now. That's not what Mariah is feeling right now. That's the dumbest comparison I've ever heard. That's also, that's supposed to be her Grinch origin story too. Like that's yes. why she's oh, so yes. upset about Christmas. Yes. Which is also, of course, a major recurring Hallmark, you know, thing. So the Grinch origin story involving the loss of a parent. Yes, that's true. Anyways, uh, which Brad notices, by the way, he points that out to her and she's like, wow, that's so insightful. I can't believe no one's ever understood me like that before. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently no one watches Hallmark movies to right. know that that's a thing. Right. Well, Carrie doesn't, right? She doesn't. She's that's never right. seen any of his If she had watched more Hallmark movies, then she wouldn't have needed Brad to tell her this. She would have understood her own Grinch origin story. At this point, Brad's like, you know, Carrie, you're really good at what you do. I really want you to come to London with me for my next movie. My next movie, I'm going to do this edgy indie film and it is something completely out of character for me. It's completely different for Christmas movies. I'm really trying to branch out and explore more as an actor and not have any regrets. I'm really excited about it. Can you come to London and work costume design? I was not aware that actors get to pick their own costume designers, no. but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a thing. <laughs> What was it called? It was called like Ryan's Tree or something. Like Ryan's, yeah, Ryan's Game, Game, I think. Ryan's Game, yeah, which okay. I think they're probably trying to refer to like Hunger Games, Squid Games, etc., just to make it clear that it is edgy and will involve violence. Right. Very um, different to being Santa. Right. I think also so. pertinent is that was uh, Brad's secret trauma is that he turned down an indie film that blew up and he always regretted that moment. Oh, yes. And kind of thrown in there is perhaps maybe something that would have been a more interesting trauma, which is, well, I grew up grew up poor, which is why I took the money that was going to offer more money instead of this really great indie movie. Because, so, you know, I'm always, I was used to not having any money, so I always jumped at more money. And, like, that's just thrown in there in one sentence to explain all of the motivations. Okay. You grew up poor, and so, therefore, you turned down a movie, and that's turning down the movie is the trauma. So, anyways... Carrie's mom in the next scene has another of her classics, another Nancy classic here, um, because, you know, Carrie has been invited to go with Brad to, to go with Brad to London. London. And yep. she, thank you. And she also has applied for the job in New York. And so Carrie's mother says, who knows, you may have a decision of your own to make soon, the Big Apple or Big Ben. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Again, with the apples, like maybe, maybe we're missing some sort of secret code in this about apples and Christmas and and there was like a half second there when I forgot that his name is Brad and not Ben and I thought she was referring to him <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be oh that would be very cheeky of Hallmark <laughs> so and how does Nancy know that? Wow, that's a totally different story. Oh, I, like I mean, that. Nancy would know. Nancy you know what? Know. Nancy and Brad got really chummy really fast. They did, um, and and in fact, there's. I remember there's one scene when 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 he's asking her to go out with him or something, and he says, "Oh, I had such a great time the other night with you and your mom." And she's like, "So you want to go out with my mom? Maybe we need to incorporate this in our rewrite that actually <laughs> Brad and Nancy hook up big time." <laughs> oh, really, wow. that's really into each other because once again <laughs> there was not actually a ton of chemistry between brad and carrie here which is no. kind of no. which is kind of 
you know, the order of the day for Hallmark. This is not unusual, but it was very like you could you could reasonably miss that they're getting together because they don't act that much like they like each other other than, you know, saying that they do every now and then. Anyways, at some point, for no discernible reason, there has been a fire in the shooting location for Santa's workshop scenes. <laughs> and there is no place else in town where they can shoot. They even got the mayor on the job. The mayor is calling around and he's like, it's no dice. And they end up shooting the scene in Carrie's shop. This was not really necessary to the plot at all. Um, I had no idea why they did that. And well, they, I think with their odd promise to get it back to exactly how it was in no time. I don't know. It was just weird. It's really weird. I mean, I think I do know why they did it. And I think the reason they did it was because we reached the 40 minute mark of the movie with zero barriers left to the relationship and they need to fill, fill time somehow. Anyways, so we are now at an hour and 34 minutes and we have Caleb and Jill getting back together again. I know you're all very happy to hear that. Anyways, then... Officially announced. Oh, no. It no, was no, touch and go yet. for the first five minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh, right. It's not... It's not Because that was a super awkward scene. That was an awkward scene, too. But that's not for another 13 minutes. So anyways, um, Caleb and Jill are back together again. This is like their third reunion scene. Then we hear that Brad has backed out of the movie in London because it was threatening his good boy next door reputation. Meanwhile, Carrie has gotten the job in New York and turned it down to work with him in London. Unbeknownst to This made me so mad. So mad. Why does no one call Carrie? One phone call to confirm your entire future. But no, you just turned it down. Right. Or maybe he could have made a phone call. A lot of people could have made phone calls and this all would have been okay. Then we have a wrap the, the film is wrapped and there's a what's the film equivalent of a cast and crew party i don't know there's a cast party and at the cast party guess what caleb and jill announce they're back together <laughs> they're in back a together. super awkward moment that did not seem necessary at all they make a speech about giving their marriage another try and everybody's happy for them and like you do to your staff you give a speech about your marriage so yeah, they're back together. And then they, afterwards, they offer Carrie some work in LA doing costume designing with them, which made a lot more sense than Brad's offer, by the way. It makes a whole lot more sense for this producer director team to hire her as a costume designer than for an actor to hire her as a costume <laughs> designer. In the end, Brad ends up doing the movie in London after all. And Carrie does take the job with Caleb and Jill in LA. Brad apologizes to Carrie at one hour, 59 minutes. They at the two hour mark and scene they live happily ever after and she is a costume designer and he is a successful actor who is branching out and doing edgy indie films and they are going to be very happy with this arrangement forever and ever and I wrote down one more exact quote for us at the very end so they kiss in this you know cast party whatever so they walk out of the hotel and kiss again and he murmurs to her Who's your favorite Santa now? <laughs> oh God, it was awful. I so which, nearly threw up all my hot chocolate. So which I think she responded the real one. But I think that was what she said. Ted, did you catch her response? I didn't know. I my interest was waning. I did appreciate her wink at the very end, but I don't remember what she said. Oh man, we probably should rewatch just that last minute and find out, but like 10 seconds. I just, I wish I could be clear if Jill and Caleb got back together. This wasn't. <laughs> I was texting Mary throughout this movie and I was like, this is the worst one I've ever seen. And Mary wow. was like, I think it's a piss take on itself. I do. <laughs> so 
I do think that was this movie's one saving grace was I think it had, maybe I'm being overly optimistic in saying this, but I thought I detected some degree of self-awareness, maybe because it was just so bad. It was like, they can't actually possibly be serious. Nancy's lines were so bad. The favorite Santa line was so bad. But then on top of that, they're making a Hallmark Christmas movie, right? I mean, they're not calling it Hallmark. They're calling it Dazzle Plus. But like, they're essentially making a Hallmark Christmas movie. They have to be making fun of themselves at least a little bit, right? I would hope so. I don't know if they were. It was definitely not my favorite one. Definitely the worst one we've seen so far. And I I haven't seen any of the Miracles of Christmas because they appear to be on at 10 p.m., which is way past Watching one next time. week. I have to figure out if there's a way I can record and watch it the next day. Yeah, because... Let me just double check. Are they all at 10 p.m.? Because that is not good. Ted, you had a bunch of notes, you said. And I feel like- Oh, and questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to know what your questions were for us. That's very oh. exciting. Um, yeah, so I was just going to, so I like, I was thinking about this and so every Hallmark movie hits the same points. So it's like, how well do they hit those points? So I just listed out a couple and I was going to see what you guys would rate them out of 10. Okay. Excellent. I love this. So the first one was the meet cute out of 10. If you even remember what happened. I was... don't, I don't remember <laughs> how they met. So they meet because she's randomly walking down the street. Oh, and she, he, he takes her, her phone. phone? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. Three. Um, three and a half. Oh, wow. I said three, two. Yeah, because it's just oh, too wow. coincidental. Wow. It's like too coincidental. It's unhinged from the rest of the story. Not okay. into it. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. All right. Okay. What else do you got? I love this. Uh, the, second, the second one is the secret Christmas tragedies on a scale of one to 10. So, first is Carrie's. Her secret is her dad. I shouldn't laugh, but her dad died before the last Christmas before she saw him at Christmas. Yes. Unfortunately, her father passed away before Christmas and she didn't make it home to that Christmas. So blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I'm going to say like, can I say like N.A.? Like, it's just not even <laughs> interesting at all. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, this was completely superfluous to the rest of the story in every way. And Correct. so I'm going to give it like a two. But then again, that's usually what these backstories <laughs> are. So, sure. I mean, for what it is. I mean, do we no. even need a scale to 10? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Ted? I, I actually, I don't know. I rated it after this conversation much lower, but I rated it kind of high. Because, right. I liked it. You know, I know. Yeah. I, okay. actually, I rated, but what about his sad story, which was he didn't take the sunrise highway gig so i actually i will say something in support of this backstory and that is that i like that it doesn't take itself too seriously because i think that hallmark oftentimes aims for a sort of emotional impact that it doesn't really have a right to as with carrie's backstory on this one like oh yes it's so sad because you know, she lost her father, which is like really heavy. And, you know, there's this Christmas baggage attached to it. And then they don't bother to do any work around, you know, the grief or, you know, sort of character development that comes with that. Whereas he missed a good opportunity in a movie is probably about the level of stakes that I'm more comfortable with, with this kind of movie. Right. So I'll give that one a seven. Yeah, I think that's probably a very fair point. I would, I, I'm going to go a little bit less just because I think the backstories are always lame, but I think- I mean, we're grading on a curve here. Yeah, I think I think six <laughs> is probably fair. And the 
the final question was the act three meltdown when everyone fights. So this one was caused because <laughs> Carrie rejected the job without confirming with Brad that she could actually go to London. So and dumb. Then, and then Brad just saw one headline and didn't like uh, his Christmas image under fire. So he quit his London job. So in terms of a, a conflict boil over point, what would you give that out of 10? No, don't like it. Three. <laughs> you, know when you, watch, you know when you watch like Shakespeare and you can't help but think about like how in the age of cell phones, none of these plots would work? Well, that, <laughs> you know, that happens to me every day. But yeah, except, right. Except <laughs> the difference is that, you know, they had actual like emotional impact and resonance. So this is like that, except without any of the emotional impact and in a world where cell phones actually do exist. Right. So I'm going to give this one a two. A two. Fair enough. Fair enough. What How did you, you do, it? Ted? What did you think? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give it a three because okay. it was like there was no need for this climax to happen. All they had to do was text each other. It would have been avoided 100%. We did we even talk about how he eventually tells us that he did do the movie, but later? Yeah. <laughs> right. And we learned right. about this in the in the um, in the fast forward time. In frame. the fast forward, the press conference, yeah. yeah. He ended up doing the movie. It's coming out in March. And he because he was inspired by someone anonymous to do yeah. it. That's a good bingo. Congratulations. Let's go into some of our regular segments now that we've recapped this movie. Let's talk about our Hallmark Christmas bingo moment. Mary, let's start with you. What did you think was the cheesiest thing in this movie? It was a tough call because there were several very real possibilities here. But I'm going to have to give it to, as Ted put it, the Grinchy origin story. Right. The fact that the loss of a parent is what made her, you know, give up on Christmas and she is regaining her Christmas spirit. Fair enough. That's good. What about you, Ted? What's your favorite Christmas Eve moment? I actually, I just, I wrote it down in my notes, but it was, um, I said cheese factor 100 out of 10. When they're standing at the piano, Brad's playing a song, they're hinting at their family trauma. They're also garlanded by like 5,000 strands of lights. That was, <laughs> for me, that was it. There Why has to be a lighting square on the bingo card. Something about, you know, really extra Christmas lighting. They, I noticed they had a Christmas wreath that had lights on it on their front door, which I was <laughs> like, whoa, that was intense. I actually wrote, there was this one moment and Hallmark has been totally upping their game on montages of late. Like there's not just one montage per movie. There's like several montages per movie. But this was like a sort of like, toned down montage which was really bad and it was like him and he had this ornament in his hand and I don't know if she had given it to him because at this point I was really only half paying attention and he was like trying to place it on the tree just right and it was just really bad and I can't even tell you if it was a part of the movie within the movie or just the movie but it was not a good moment and I think it was right before the date and I literally wrote on the onset date, ornament hanging, puke in my notes. 
because I just did not like it at all. Like Sarah, I he, remember that too. It was just like a really drawn out moment. And you're like, why? <laughs> we could have caught one of the get back togethers with Jill and Caleb <laughs> and develop that into something a bit more, maybe. But well, those are all fun bingo moments. Hashtag relatable with Hallmark Top. What about hashtag relatable? Is there anything relatable in this movie at all? Step right up. <laughs> Give us your answer. This is really hard. I didn't write one down. I have to think about it. I, did, I didn't either. I didn't write a single one down. <laughs> I was like, this one sucks. I think um, I think for me it was Mariah Marquez, like the on-screen person in the movie, in a movie, because she was like down to earth and sweet and solving people's problems. And I'm she like- She was cool. I liked her. Why I is, thought like, you were going to say Mariah Carey not actually <laughs> being in the, in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually getting the right the Mariah Carey song, but that's cool. That's cool. I like that one. That's a good one. She was relatable. Yeah. And then, I, of course, promptly ignored by everyone else. <laughs> right. She was definitely the best character and nobody cared. Okay. I thought of one. And that is the mother being super into the equivalent of Hallmark movies. My mother really likes Hallmark movies. And well, I am a little bit cringy about them, as you would never guess, right? Well, and I have to admit, Mary, I was watching this movie and I was thinking how much I hated it. And I almost wanted to text you. I bet this is going to be your mom's favorite one. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I really need to ask my mom what she thought of it. Because when I told her we were doing this movie, she told me, I'm worried about this movie. And I was like, <laughs> why are you worried about this movie, mom? I just can't think of a reason to worry about a Hallmark movie. And she's like, because I really like that actress. And this does not look like it's going to be a good movie. Well, the one thing I did write down, and I guess I can kind of call this relatable because only because if we watch these Hallmark Christmas movies, is I wrote down the names of all of those Christmas movies that Nancy said that Brad Baxter had been in. And they were, and I don't think they've made any movies of these titles. So, you know, as Mary pointed out when we were watching the movie, maybe this is a preview next year. Christmas Clock, Hello Christmas, Chattanooga Christmas, and There's No Christmas Like Snow Christmas, which, which is my favorite one of all of them. <laughs> so, I mean, this actually is like an extremely relatable moment when we think about yes. it, because somebody was paid to sit there and write like, titles of fake Hallmark movies. We and they already have come yeah. up with so many. It actually must have been really hard to try and come up with ones right. we've never come up with before. There's no Christmas like <laughs> Snow Christmas. That is my absolute favorite one. Let's see. They got to make that. There's no Christmas like Snow Christmas. Does anyone know how to translate into from German? Maybe I should just Google. One came up right away that says Bein holding Jack die Lederhose. <laughs> oh, where's Aaron when you need him? He was on last week and he, he does he does speak German. Because maybe that means there's no Bein holding Jack die Lederhose. Okay, I just want to watch this movie because it's called When Yodeling the Leather Pants Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I need okay. to know more about this Hang movie. On. Hang on. Let's see. What happens when a bus with mostly female passengers strands in a small Bavarian village? Funny stuff, that's what. Oh, and in fact, 
they say in English, this is called, there's no sex like snow sex. (laughs) (laughs) There are ski instructors who only want to be seduced and dragged off into bed. There's Sepp, who believes he has discovered an oil well. Or what happened to Principal Muller from Berlin, who becomes an accidental hero? Whatever happens, no one ends up sleeping alone. This is like... Wow. And and like I said, in English it's called there's snow, there's no sex like snow sex. So someone in Hallmark has found this and just changed it slightly. I love it. This is a porn, right? Like this is not a legit movie. This is a porn. Well, it's on IMDb. I don't know. If I don't know. Are there porns on IMDb? I honestly don't know the answer to that. I don't know either. It's a well, that one uh, the picture looks not very good. <laughs> <laughs> So, but like that's a if if this is in fact a porn that is a serious plot line like i think german porn deserves some watching <laughs> i i just want to point out i i want to bring this back to how we got here because <laughs> yes. there's that scene at the beginning where brad is naming music either brad is naming movies he's been in or nancy is naming movies brad's been in and one of them was a title similar to this that led us to this so I guess what I'm saying is I want to imagine that this is the movie that Brad stars in. Well, and they also, I was thinking it could tie very nicely into our latest, newest segment, How Do We Bring In More Palaha? <laughs> you, you want Palaha and the German snow porn? I do. What are, the, some of, what are some of these characters' names? There's a guy called Wurt. I did not. There are a lot of directions that I thought this discussion was going to go in. I have to admit this was not one of them. <laughs> I did not expect this either. However, this is this is a, a very fun turn of events. I wonder how we can watch this movie. Okay. So about that. All right. We have so many ideas for rewriting this movie because there are not, there's like five plot lines we can actually rewrite in this film, which I think makes it really, really fun. What do we think, guys? Where would we go back to? What did they get wrong? What? I thought this movie was totally crap. So I'm happy to just start again and just make a new movie within a movie. Or what do we think? I think we should go back to when Terry is first recruited to the movie set, because I think this movie set should be a bit different based on our new interpretation of the movie within a movie. Right, right. Okay, so... So there's still a movie coming to town and maybe Nancy is still excited about it because it still is going to star the King of Christmas. But I don't, I think his name would have to be a little bit cheekier. Like if it is actually a porn, he'd have a different kind of name. The King. Well, no, I think that he should still be a King of Christmas who's been in like Hallmark movies and stuff. But now he's doing this thing. This is his, this is his Ryan's game. Right. This is his Ryan's game. Exactly. And so... (laughs) Nancy doesn't know what kind of movie this is exactly. She's just like, it's a Christmas movie starring Brad Baxter. He's the king of Christmas. And we'll actually have it called something a little bit more ambiguous. Like there's no Santa Santa like snow Santa or something instead of there's no sex like snow sex. And so like, it could still be a normal movie. And she doesn't know. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's a Christmas movie starring Brad Baxter. You've been asked to work on the set. You know, you have all this expertise on Lederhosen. (laughs) <laughs> and how can you possibly turn down this opportunity? Little does Nancy know. 
Winter Wonderbang. Ooh, I like Winter Wonderbang. Winter Wonderbang is solid. Yeah, that could have some good tunes in it. Brilliant watch. <laughs> well, I like, hear me out on this. I like Winter Wonderbang because you know how this movie keeps trying to be very Gen Z about things? Well, Gen Z's, and I do this too, often refer to a very good song as a banger. Yes, and so Nancy hears this title, Winter Wonderbang, and she's like, it's a musical. That's true. That's true. And it's got some, maybe they have the real right to Mariah Carey's track and they're playing that in like the town. So anyways, so Carrie is invited to work on this movie. It turns out not to be the kind of movie that Nancy thought it was. Um, how does Carrie react when she finds out what kind of movie it is? Um, I think maybe the same kind of concept that he, Mr. Fan, the King of Christmas, Brad Baxter is like, you are so talented. <laughs> you should keep doing these movies. And she's a bit like, what do you mean? Should I do the costumes or should I be in them? Like, it's, you know, it's a bit more like innuendo-y about. Or maybe so she I, should start a line of Christmas lingerie because that's clearly what she's designing uh, for these movies. Yes, I like it. I totally I would, like it. I would also love if her Christmas trauma or Grinch origin story was her dad died of a heart attack watching Christmas porn. So she has to like come to terms like, that's right that's, she's that's doing. good actually i like that too it's kind of like a redemption and she accepts <laughs> that porn is okay because <laughs> because she has uh rewritten her life story and not only likes christmas but also likes porn and got rich off porn in her new lingerie line <laughs> that's that's amazing this is so not a movie that they would make but you know it's, it's okay we can dream um i also think you know before our rewrite took this turn that I was not <laughs> expecting in the least before we started recording this episode. Like usually I feel like we go into a recording and I have something in my head. I'm like, okay, here's how we could rewrite this. And it ends up going, you know, somewhere along those lines. This time it just did not, period. And I'm okay with that. But what I was thinking was, you know, the one thing that I did kind of like about this movie was that it seemed at least minimally self-aware because some of uh, some of the lines were so like obviously bad and there were so many references you know like it's a Christmas movie about Christmas movies I thought there was some degree of like in on the jokeness and I think we though we can incorporate something like that into our rewrite like I initially thought that would be the focal point of our rewrite was just make it more of a parody of itself but I think we can continue to do that in this so sure. I think that a lot of Nancy's lines have to stay quite honestly Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. The the Christmas apple line is iconic in my mind as of today. <laughs> the Christmas apple. The famous Christmas apple. <laughs> and the big apple or big Ben line has to stay. Oh. And honestly, Brad's name might have to be Ben now to make that line. Oh, work. the big Ben, yes, because that's yeah. definitely more porno. Right. I, I also think that we need to just replace brad all together with the hot fireman from um, oh the hot the, fireman from yeah. the fire scene who was the hot fireman he only yeah. had one line but he only had one line and i think it's rare that an actor in only one line manages to show how completely and totally they can <laughs> and that happened but that's okay because he's gonna be a porn star that's true which will yeah. you know make him way more famous anyway his name is nick with a k only andrews all right and he 
is very good at Mai Tai, Wing Chun, and other martial arts. Wow. I mean, that could all be incorporated into this rewrite. What if Nancy was also a Mai Tai expert? <laughs> Mai Tai expert. I like it. It does say Nick separates himself with his physicality. <laughs> That's in his bio on IMDb. How is this his actual bio on IMDb and not something that we're making up as part of this porn within a movie rewrite? Correct. So he is definitely in the porn and he has surely already done some by the looks of it. I I'm still just wrapping my head around the fact that we walked into this episode with every intention of not having this rewrite, you know, of having this rewrite go in a different direction and sort of like against all of our intentions there had to be a porn within this movie. Yes, yes. It, it just like, it. It no way around it. No it way around inertia. it. And then the smoke show fireman came in and he turns out to be like probably a porn actor, IRL. And it's just all, you know, we couldn't help this happening. Yeah. All so, because they came up with a movie title called There's No business like snow, no christmas like snow christmas right and and you know so even hallmark wanted us to get there and maybe that was their subliminal advertising for porn i think yeah hallmark wanted this to be and i want to be clear our rewrite is not a porn it is a movie about it's a porn, porn within the movie right yeah. exactly it's a family-friendly <laughs> frame story around making a porn in 12 oaks colorado exactly that's, that's exactly right and what definitely gack would not let you make this movie but you know, Hallmark's a bit edgier now. So it's like we're not gonna doing, have any like there's not any, any full frontal shots or right. anything like that. It's just talking about making a porn. Right. So there'll be a lot of like double entendre and a lot of extremely bad, like cheekily bad dialogue. And you know, jokes about the fact that they're all doing full frontals, but no actually full frontals because this is still a Hallmark movie. I like it. But we do have to somehow have a montage of her new lingerie or something but maybe it's like well it can be on mannequins bit, that's true or it could just be a bit more tasteful point of clarification is so she's just a general like she got pulled into this because she's a leader hose and designer but does that just segue to her designing lingerie uh, that's a good maybe remember that scene where she like pulled out her portfolio maybe her portfolio was actually lingerie and she's like reminded from her one semester at fashion design school and then she quit to which her mom was very upset about but maybe her her because her mom's like oh my god your drawings are so amazing and maybe that was when she realizes you know my passion is really for lingerie Oh, not, I would, yeah, not, okay. not leather lederhosen, but she probably <laughs> could incorporate leather lederhosen into her line of lingerie. Maybe, yeah, maybe she sold out because there's big demand for lederhosen and Twelve Oaks, and so she gave up on her. Because <laughs> every game. year in October they have a massive Oktoberfest, <laughs> and like she just she just cranked it all out, and she's exhausted, and now she's doing it all over again. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, perfect. So I think an open question is how we can incorporate more Palaha into this movie, because that would obviously elevate the film a little bit. For sure. As, yeah. as, it, as it would every single Hallmark movie. As it would every happen. single Hallmark movie. And as it has done effectively in the Hallmark movies in which Palaha does in fact appear. Christopher Palaha, if you're listening, please come on our show. Please come on our podcast. Anyways, 
And I think Sarah mentioned at some point when we weren't recording that you weren't terribly impressed with the actor who played Caleb. I'm sorry, Caleb, it's nothing personal. It's just, we didn't see you in this role. Um, and we yeah. did mention during our recap that, you know, that's a subplot that we would have done a bit differently. And so I said, let's, sure. replace, let's replace Caleb with Palaha. And then let's just like go all out on the Caleb Jill feud and not have them get back together. Are they going to have a backstory of making great porn together though? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yes, please. Yes. Wow. Oh yeah, they've got that backstory, but they stopped making great porn together because, you know, their relationship fell apart. But I think that on set they can both find other people who they will enjoy working with in the future. Right. Um, right, right. Maybe. Will they continue making porns on well, probably not Dazzle Plus anymore. Or maybe that is the name of it still. I was going to say that still fits. <laughs> it still fits, yeah. Are they going to continue their like six deal film series with Dazzle Plus, Palaha and uh, Jill? Um, I think they will because they'll find a way to call a truce once they both find... See how profitable they'll be. <laughs> yeah, well that and once they find love again. Right. All right. Um, and there's like maybe what about maybe Palaha falls in love with what's her name? The PA. Mariah? Oh, or Jamie. Yeah. Oh, that could wow. Work. Yeah. That that could work. Or she's um, a bit young for him though. I think Mariah's a better choice because she's so underutilized in this movie. Mariah is underutilized. But um, to be fair, it's a porn now, so she's gonna be a bit <laughs> more, more prominent in the film. <laughs> in the film within a film. Right, right. I do kind of feel like Mariah is too good for this movie, the for this movie Damn. within the movie. However, I know we have we have trash at big time, and now Palah <laughs> is writing porn, <laughs> producing porn, which again yeah, feels a bit beneath him. But again, with this is a family friendly frame story. That's that's true. I like that. That's like Big Ben. Yeah, exactly. Like Big Ben. It also makes the um, shooting in a horse barn much more um, interesting, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because that's where they were going to have the workshop scene before it burned down. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. And then they have to bring it all to the lingerie store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This movie is a million times better. Anyway, we think this probably will never be made, but I think it still can be called Lights Camera Christmas as well. Because I think so. It's going to be great. Let's look into what's happening next weekend. We have picked one for next weekend, but we sometimes like to guess what the other ones might be about. We are watching a movie called Our Italian Christmas Memories, which is a Miracles of Christmas movie. It's probably the only one we will do this year, but that's the one we're watching. Over on Hallmark, we have In Merry Measure, The Royal Nanny, Christmas at the Golden Dragon next weekend. What do we think these might be about? So I do want to point out that the Royal Nanny one, we saw some previews for it while we were watching this yes, movie. And it looks like something that we would rewrite a Hallmark movie to be. It does. A hundred percent. I was really? thinking we didn't watch that one. Yeah. So what? So is she a fake? She's a fake nanny, right? Yeah. She's like an undercover agent. Who, like a spy. Yeah. She's like a spy who infiltrates the royal family as their nanny. I'm going to have to watch that anyway, I think, by the sound. Right. So, I mean, I would not have expected it to be anything that badass. Like I said, it sounds like something that we would have rewritten the movie to be. 
Well, that sounds great. I think yeah. th- they're, list- they're listening to us. I'm excited about this one, although I'm sure I won't watch it because that would be too much. But uh, Christmas at the Golden Dragon, because that just like sounds like the dog ate our turkey and we went to the Chinese restaurant like in a Christmas story, but hopefully a bit more like culturally appropriated and not, <laughs> not, not what they do in the Christmas story. And to be fair, there's a Chinese restaurant by my house that is now changed hands. And I haven't been in there since it changed hands, but that was something that I kind of started doing with my family is we would go there at either, either at the day after Thanksgiving or the day after Christmas for dinner at their place and get like, you know, duck and stuff and it was awesome so I mean, the idea I of it might be. a hallmark movie about a chinese restaurant if that is in fact what this is is actually a pretty good idea because it's something they haven't utilized before because it doesn't generally fit their snowy christmas in new england around the hearth no. image but it's you know it's traditionally the type of restaurant in this country that is open on christmas um and there's kind of a lot of potential for a storyline there. I doubt Hallmark will utilize that full potential, but there is. Regardless of how any of these movies turn out, I think there's one thing we know for sure. They will fall, fall in, in love. love. Well, we'll tune in next week. We're definitely, we've got some guests on next week with a bit of insight into our Italian Christmas memories. Ted, thank you once again for joining us. And I loved your thank little you segment. So thank you for that. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Hallmarked Up. Find us online at hallmarkedup.com, on Instagram at Hallmarked Up, and on Facebook at Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Remember to follow, listen, and review wherever you get your podcasts.